This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Yo, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. This is Chris Johnson. I'm filling in, pinch-hitting for our beloved host, Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. And it is great to be here with you tuning in. I don't know if you're tuning in via podcast or listening on the radio. Wherever you're getting this, uh, we're so grateful that you're part of the Morning Breath family. And um, I'm excited on this beautiful Tuesday, the 11th of August, to start a brand new book together. We're in the Gospel of Mark, so get ready for that. Pull your Bible out. Have it on hand. And um, just to let you know a little bit about Morning Breath, uh, we are super excited. This is basically, we take one chapter of the Bible, we read it at night and read it in the morning. We don't prepare a sermon, but we prepare our hearts to say, God, where are you going to lead this conversation? And because it is a conversation, we don't do this alone. We do this with a co-host. So today I'm joined with my dear friend, co-laborer, Pastor Christian Hurston. How are you today, Christian? I'm doing great. Excited to be here. And honestly, super excited about the book of Mark. It's such a yeah. fun book because it's hard hidden. Like it's Twitter from the Bible. It's just yeah, 140 yeah. characters hitting it fast. And this can be a lot of fun going through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Christian, maybe if you'll let everybody know, there's a few ways. Maybe they're tuning into Morning Breath and they've just been listening. If they want to know what chapters we're going to be in or maybe more platforms to, to connect with us on, how can they get connected? Absolutely. The best way to do it is on the East Coast app. You can download that on the Apple or the Google Play Store. It's got a blue background with a white cross. On there, you can click on and get the devotion guide for morning breath. You can listen to past recordings. Anything we have going on at East Coast, you're able to get it on there. Our, our sermons, our worship team, any events going on, we'd strongly encourage you to get that. The other way is yep. on our website, which is ECCC.us. And you can go in there to get the information. You can also follow us on social. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, we have everything on there. And you can also call the church offices, 321-452-1060. We would love and be honored to either email or mail out a devotion guide for you to stay connected. Awesome. Thank you for that. There you go, folks. And because this is a ministry of East Coast Christian Center, God's called us to build a life-giving church at last. There are a few things we want to let you know about. Maybe you're connected to East Coast already. Well, stay connected in a few ways. Or if you don't have a home church and you're praying about that, uh, man, we'd love to have you a part of the family here. A few things you can do is check out, one, our online weekend services. Yeah. If you go to that website Christian mentioned, uh, eccc.us, there's all sorts of links there to watch online. Uh, we also have a Facebook page where tons of things are happening. You can stay engaged. We go live every day at the every middle day. of the afternoon. You, yeah. you went live today as yeah. a matter of fact. And yeah. so 12 p.m. lives where we just, you know, kind of rally around Jesus, pray together, worship together, um, lots of stuff that way. And then this is really exciting. We're going to be baptizing people this Sunday. So cool. And uh, really exciting. Lori Wilson Park from 6 to 9 p.m. Beach baptisms. And if you want to come uh, or you know somebody who has made their made their declaration of faith but haven't been baptized yet that was me you know i was saved for a year and then yep. then i was like wait why am i not getting baptized yeah. let's do this let's do this thing let's jump in baby yeah um, and especially at the ocean too we're oh, florida people so everybody special. loves to do it i did my baptism at the ocean for sunrise and then That's went surfing really cool. afterwards what you a know? day it dude. was it was a special day for sure november 22nd and so wow it was a special day and i, I think it's a great way to do it people are always excited like when are you guys doing the beach baptisms? Yeah. It's like, well, here it is. It's coming up Sunday, August 16th, this Sunday. So Beautiful. 
Yeah, really excited for you guys to join us. And you can sign up on the website. Yep. So right there on the events page of the website, it's ECCC.us slash events. You can sign up just so we know and can prepare and get your information so you can be prepared for your baptism. So, I love that. Yeah. Thank you, Christian. You know, it's fun. We're going to jump into the book of Mark. You talked about how it's kind of the Twitter. You know, it's, it's a very condensed, power-packed, hard-hitting, don't, yeah. you know— just like Reader's Digest version yeah. of the of the Gospel of of Jesus, um, I saw this in my. I have a Bible. It's I call it my B three, my big blue Bible. Oh yeah, and it's a praise worship study Bible. And as I was opening it up, this cool fact was in here, and I didn't know this. I just wanted to share it, and then we're going to read the book. Um, but it says tourists who visit the cathedrals of Western Europe will notice many symbolic images carved into the magnificent facades of these buildings. Often among these images are the traditional symbols for the four Gospels, as over the main entrance to the cathedral of. I don't know how to say this French word, but Chartres. These symbols are derived from the visions of Ezekiel and John. A winged man represents Matthew, a winged lion, Mark, the winged ox, Luke, and the eagle, John. And the lion's chosen for Mark's gospel because it represents strength, impact, energy, and royalty. And, you know, that's really what he focused on. Yeah. And it's hard hitting. So the lion chapter. That is cool. I love that. Isn't that cool? That's great. Well, let's get into this. Um, I would love for you to start us out as you read. What version are you reading today? I'm going to be reading NLT, the New Living Translation. Beautiful. So will I. And uh, if you'll get us started, read up through verse 20. I'll kick it off at 21 after you. And I say unto you, Christian, read, sir. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It begins just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that God should be baptized to show that people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they had confessed their sins and baptized them in the Jordan River, his clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locust and wild honey. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly beloved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals, and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's son, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. So he called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Continuing in verse 21, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum, and every Sabbath day he went into the synagogue and taught the people. 
They were amazed at his teaching, for he taught as one who had real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. A man possessed by an evil spirit was in the synagogue, and he began shouting, Why are you bothering us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One sent from God. Jesus cut him short. Be silent. Come out of the man. At that, the evil spirit screamed and threw the man into a convulsion, but then he left him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news of what he had done spread quickly throughout that entire area of Galilee. After Jesus and his disciples had left the synagogue, they went over to Simon and Andrew's home, and James and John were with them. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. He went to her bedside, and as he took her by the hand and helped her to sit up, the fever suddenly left, and she got up and prepared a meal for them. That evening at sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus, and a huge crowd of people from all over Capernaum gathered outside the door to watch. So Jesus healed great numbers of sick people who had many different kinds of diseases, and he ordered many demons to come out of their victims. But because they knew who he was, he refused to allow the demons to speak. The next morning, Jesus awoke long before daybreak, and he went out alone into the wilderness to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him, and they said, Everyone is asking for you. But he replied, We must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too, because that is why I came. So he traveled throughout the regions of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and expelling demons from many people. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you want to, you can make me well again, he said. Moved with pity, Jesus touched him. I want to, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared. The man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way and told him sternly, go right over to the priest and let him examine you. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy so that everyone will have proof of your healing. But as the man went on his way, he spread the news, telling everyone what had happened to him. As a result, such crowds soon surrounded Jesus that he couldn't enter a town anywhere publicly. He had to stay out in secluded places, and people from everywhere came to him there. Amen. Wow. Here we go, man. Power packed. Power packed. Lots happening. I would love to hear, as you read, Christian, you know, what kind of things stuck out to you? Yeah, I think the biggest part for me is looking at John the Baptist, who's a character that Jesus said is the greatest of all prophets. You know, and we've got Elijah, Elisha. We've got other great people yeah. who did amazing things, but yet his sole purpose was to point people to Jesus. He could have brought attention to himself, you know, and we we look at Jesus' miracles in the gospel, and they're, you know, amazing things of lazing, raising Lazarus from the dead, different things. We don't see a recorded miracle of John other than the fact, get this, he got people to gather just to repent of their sins. Like, right. that's kind of a miracle in itself. <laughs> he wasn't feeding 5,000. Yeah. He wasn't walking on water. People were gathering just to come and say, hey, I've been sinful. I need to turn towards God. Like, that's a powerful anointing on his life. But everything that John did is to be able to prepare the way and to be able to make Jesus famous. And yeah. you and I both love this verse so much that we see in the Bible is that he must increase and I must decrease. Yeah. Is that we see this example of it, rather than bringing attention 
to ourselves. And it can be such a temptation. Like imagine in your and I's life or at East Coast or in the church or wherever you're out there, if God started doing amazing miracles like this, it could be so tempting to be like, look at what God is doing through me. Look at what he's doing through our ministry. It's like, no, this is his ministry. This is the big C church. This is what God's doing. And to be able to keep that humble heart and mindset just to say, it's all about Jesus. It's all about God. Man. And John did a great job of keeping that perspective and pointing it back. And I love it. And there's so many th- ways yeah. you could go in this, but that, that just popped off to me. You know, I thought of the song by DC Talk, you know, about John the Baptist. Yeah. It's called Jesus Freak. There's a yep. few people in the verse, you know. We'll have to spit some bars here. Yeah. So you have to humor us. But it says, there was a man from the desert with naps in his head. Yeah. The sand that he walked was also his bed. The words that he spoke made the people assume there wasn't too much left in the upper room. With skins on his back and Come hair on. on his face, they thought he was crazed by the locusts he ate. You see, the Pharisees trip when they heard him speak until the king took the head of this Jesus freak. And I love so good John's willingness to be set apart, yeah. to be peculiar. Yeah. Clothed in camel hair, bro, eating, eating locust and wild, with honey. wild honey. Right. I mean, that's good. Got to make it, it a little better. Like, yeah. throw some honey on that locust. <laughs> yeah, texture's important, y'all. Yeah. Um, but he was different. He was wild. He stood out. And man, isn't it tempting to just want to kind of fly under the radar and acquiesce and yeah. assimilate into group things? Oh, that's good. And that is, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's ever been harder to stand out and look different, but we're not called to assimilate. We're not called to go with the flow. We're not called to, you know, just go with, with what everything is the cultural norm. First Peter 2, 9 is our call. It says, but you are a chosen generation, yeah. a royal priesthood. Yep. And I love this. And the King James says, God's own peculiar yeah, people, I love it. peculiar, yeah. different, weird. Why yep. do you do it that way? How come your life looks a little different than mine? Mm-hmm. Why did you take a break from social media? Nobody does that. That's yeah. weird. Why did you fast food? Why did you yeah. give money to your church? Like, why do you tithe? Like, what are all the weird things that we do as a Christian that yeah. kind of make us stand out? Why do you not cuss every time we get a lunch break yeah. and it's free for all, you know? Yeah. Why, like, why would you take a day off of work back in the day? Like that was right. unheard of in that culture to trust right. God to only work six days. Perfect example. People thought, oh, we'll die. You know, we can't have enough to survive. And God said, no, you're different. That's right. You don't have to work. You know, Chick-fil-A got it yes. from the Bible. Yes. Come on. And so it's like, let's be different and see what God can do. Absolutely. And it's not to draw attention to ourselves. Back to what you said. It's that he might increase. It's yeah. to set a stage. It's, And I love that. You know, it reminded me, too, of him. He was announcing a voice crying out of the wilderness. I, I don't know if you guys watch UFC, but I do yeah. like to watch fights. Yeah, yeah. And there's always Bruce Buffer, you know, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah. in this corner, you yeah. know, and it's like this big buildup. And I love that. I love that his life was dedicated to just go, I'm not the main event. I'm not the main event. I'm the stagehand. Here comes the superstar. Back to Lecrae. You know, we're back to hip-hop again. We've got some hip-hop fans here today. I love that you brought that out, Christian. That's really good. Um, You know, I... I love verse 11 and 12. Uh, I've shared this before, I think, on Morning Breath, but I need to be reminded. Um, In verse 11, and this is super condensed gospel. Oh, that's um, good. But in verse 11, this says that a voice came from heaven. Jesus is baptized by John, right? Which John's freaking out. He's like, wait a minute, you need to be baptizing me. And Jesus said, no, permit it. So this is in another gospel. uh, For it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And in this moment, the heavens split and the audible voice of God is heard. Behold, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then in verse 12, what happens? Immediately, which that verse happens in the book of Mark a lot. Again, he's the slice. Immediately, suddenly. And then, you know, uh, immediately the Holy Spirit compelled Jesus to go in the wilderness. These two verses stuck out to me again for one reason, specifically is identity. 
You know, I remember I I used to struggle with my identity. I don't know if yeah. anybody here, if Nick, our engineer, who's making all this thing happen today, if you've ever struggled to know who you are or your true mm-hmm. sense of worth or purpose or Christian, yeah, you've ever have, struggled yeah. with that. I think most of us have at some point or another. And our identity is so important. And, and so Jesus had to find his identity in the word. And remember when he was stuck in the synagogue and his parents were looking for him and he said, didn't you know I'd be studying and being yeah, about my father's business? about my business. father's business. Come yeah, on. he was reading a scroll and he said, this scripture's fulfilled in your hearing. This is about me. This yeah. prophecy is about me and Isaiah. Yeah. Like he was finding himself. Yeah. He was discovering his identity. He became a man. He had to learn. He had to grow in wisdom and stature. Luke chapter two, verse 52, increasing in favor with God and man in wisdom. And so he had to understand his identity and purpose. And what was powerful is, Verse 11, another stamp of his identity. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Verse 12, he goes into the wilderness. His identity is tested. Yeah. If you are the son of God, yeah. if you are, and if, and I want you to prove it by doing, I want yeah. you to prove your Actions. identity by yeah. your activity. Yeah. And that's often what the enemy will try to yeah. trick us to believe is our activity, our activity is our identity. No, mm-hmm. not, I am not what I do. I am who he says I am. Yeah. And that informs what I do. And I know it sounds That's a little so bit good, interesting, man. but it's we have to know that. And Absolutely. Interestingly, it doesn't go into detail in Mark's gospel, but um, he said, if you are the son of God. Well, what did God just say about him in verse 11? He didn't just say, you're my son. He said, you're my beloved son. Yeah. Satan will always tempt you to forget how loved you are. He will always tempt you to forget that you are beloved son, beloved daughter. You're not just a son of God today. You're not just a a daughter of God. You are beloved. You are fully loved unconditionally to a point that he would give everything to know you and redeem you. And so don't forget that you're loved. And you know what? Often when we forget that we're loved, the next step is sin. The next step is transgression. The next next step is a fall. Man, when we stay in the love of God, it's like, what could compare to this? I don't want to go anywhere else. And so... I just love that 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 little transition in here in verse 11 and 12. And, you know, identity, verse 11. Yeah. He's tested in verse 12. He's in yeah. the wilderness, and that identity is tested. And I love how he fought it. Yeah. It With is the word. written. Yeah. This is what God says. My identity is who God says I am. 100%. Yeah. And that's he, so good. What he says is the truest thing about me, and I won't divert from that. Yeah. Verse 11 in the message is so cool. It says, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride mm. of my life. It's so great to realize that is that his identity is not just in what the world says. And I I like looking at the history of this book. So the Gospel of Mark is by John Mark, but he was not around at this time. He was a young guy. Most Bible scholars think that this is really Peter's account. Yeah. Is that John Mark later traveled with Paul and Barnabas. But most people think that Mark was the first gospel that was written and of the order of them that came out of the four and that Mark was really... Peter's account. And here's a guy who struggled with identity. You know, he was big and boisterous and put his foot in his mouth and then later denied Jesus and went back to his old way of life, but then got redeemed and God used him in a great way. And so when you see this, it's maybe a little different than the book of John. John is so cool. He's like the gospel who, the, the, you know, in the beginning was the, the word. And yeah. Well, no, no, no. He's saying that I am the, the one that Jesus loved the most. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's the constantly the disciple that, that Jesus loved the most that yeah. he's, he gives himself these titles. He's my dude. But here, I know I love John, (laughs) all about the love. And so here, when you look at Mark, though, you're getting this account and it's maybe a little bit different, but it's an opportunity as we unpack Mark to see 
Peter getting redeemed, restored, how God used him in spite of himself. And that's my story. That's your story. That's all of us is God doesn't choose us because we're really qualified or because yeah. we have it all going on is he chooses and uses us in spite of that. Yeah. I love it. It's, there's a great quote that I heard recently is that when God called you, he took into account your stupidity. He's like, I got you no matter Come on, what. Dude. Yeah. It, I didn't it don't catch matter. him off guard. Yeah. He he's knew like, what he was I'll, working with. I'll work with you. I got it still. We got a plan for you in spite of all of that. And so this is a great example of that too. And Mark blows it. Mark left Paul and caused this huge friction that happened where he's like, you know, I don't want to deal with John Mark anymore. He left. He's a wimp. He's a quitter. He's like, no, I still got a plan for you, Mark. And so that's a good message for you out there. If you have walked with the Lord in the past and walked away and you feel like you're distant, God has still got a plan for you. Don't feel like he's given up on you. God is never done. Is that the plan and the call mm. on your life is not revocable? Like, is that it's irrevocable? Is God's going to still use you wow. despite what's happened? And don't give up on yourself. God never does. You know, Christian, I think there's breath on that. You know, I think that as you were speaking, I, I felt like the Lord said that maybe there's people out there listening or people that are listening that you know people like this that have lost a lot of faith during yeah. this pandemic. Absolutely. And have maybe walked away a little bit, walked away from church, walked away from spiritual disciplines and really following Jesus and just kind of let the pressure and the pain of what we're dealing with, the uncertainty, really rattle them. And I love that example. You know, a Mark, a deserter, redeemed later on. Paul says, get him. He's useful for me. Peter, a deserter. Jesus comes and cooks him a breakfast and restores him. You know, like the Bible says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Even when we deny him, and whether that's a big denial where we walk away from God for a season or or a moment, we deny him for a moment just to indulge in, in our own selfish motivations. It's he is so faithful and he has not given up on you. Yeah. And I love that picture. And so, man, I, I know, I mean, I've spoken even with people and friends who this, this time has really rattled them. Oh, big time. Rattled their faith. And it's okay. You know what? Just come back. And I love yeah. this invitation, verse 7. Come, yeah. follow me, yep. and I will make you fishers of men. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool redemptive thought because there's a few commands and there's a process, right? Come, follow me. Let's start right there. That's what, that's what Jesus said to these fishermen. Right where you're at, you don't have to go get a Bible degree. You don't have to fix yourself. Yep. I know you were just cussing as you pulled that haul of fish in. Yeah. Just come <laughs> right now and follow me. Yeah. Don't try to fix yourself. Just come follow me. Yep. Like, just start following me. Like, and that can be right now, literally today. Mm-hmm. You can, if you hear his voice today, do not harden your heart. Like, yeah. just come and follow today Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. That's right. Yeah. And then he says, and I will make you. And I love that word, I will make you. Yeah. You might not be that yet, but you're becoming that. Yep. You're in a process. That's and good. you know what I love? Bob Goff says that we are all rough drafts of the people we are becoming. Mm-hmm. And he, celebrate the process because God's in the process, even though it's messy, like you said. Yeah. He, he took my stupidity yeah. into account. He knew I would have days or seasons or months or weeks or yeah. years maybe where I wasn't fulfilling it, where I wasn't truly following him, but the invitation mm-hmm. is still come, follow me. And let's become fishers of men. He made us to become disciples. Yep. who make disciples, who make disciples. Yeah. Like, and that starts with just following Jesus, apprenticing yep. under Jesus. What would Jesus do if he had your job? What would Jesus do if he had your family? That's good. What would Jesus do if he had your set of unique circumstances? Because that's what he wants to invite you to now do. If he was in your shoes today, what, watch what Jesus does or what would Jesus do? And that's following him. How would he 
How would he love? How would he work? How would he give? How would he interact with people? And I think that's so important. Yeah, I think another good example here too, just looking at Peter, people don't always make that parallel between Peter and Mark, but Peter is real. And I think that we're all called to be authentic and real, especially in this day. People don't want no phony Christians up in here. They're not looking for someone who acts like it's all perfect and got it all together is they want to know, hey, this is a real person that may deal with some real problems. But in spite of that, we know that our God works all things together for our good, for those who are called according to his purpose. We know that God is bigger than any situation that we might face. We know that we can overcome any situation with his power. You know, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It's not me. It's the power that's within me. And so when people see that, they're drawn to that authenticity, to the realness. And I think that is going to preach more than anything that we can say, throw in some Bible verse at someone for them to just see the good news played out in our lives. Man, that's so good. Yep. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. We offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, the Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Going to close out with this idea from verse 41. It says, Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. 
I am willing, he said, be healed. I want you to know out there today, whether it's physical or spiritual or mental, Jesus is willing. He wants you healed. That's Mm. God's plan. His portion for you is fullness, nothing missing, nothing lacking, is that he went around healing all who are afflicted by disease and sickness. And so I, I want you to know that. And ultimately, that's God's plan for your life. Man, thanks for sharing that, Christian, because you look at Jesus. He said, no one takes my life. I lay it down willingly. It, he wants to heal. He yeah. wants to it's touch. It's his desire. Yeah, and this is a leper, somebody who's an outcast who feels completely unaccepted. Yeah. So if you've ever felt in any way that you do not, you're undesirable, you are chosen. And Jesus literally desired to lay down his life. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And, and Jesus was not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to everlasting life. And it was his will, and it is still his will today. He is willing to clean you. He is willing to heal you. He is willing to teach you and to train you and to do all the things yeah. that are part of God's plan for you. And it's his delight. The Bible says he delights to show mercy. Yeah. Nobody makes him do that. Yeah. He delights to show mercy to us. He has compassion on us. And that is how we get to both receive the love of God and release it to those who are hurting around us. So let's show the world how willing our God is. Thanks for tuning in to Morning Breath. Don't forget about beach baptisms this weekend. Services online. Pastor Christian, an honor to do the program with you. Great doing it with you. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.